Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us is senior editor of the Weekly Standard, Lee Smith, who has a piece actually for another magazine, tablet magazine, America is the Arsonist of the Middle East. Did I get that right, Lee? That, uh, that is the correct title, and that is, uh, that's the idea uh, I try to argue in the, um, in the article. Well, here's what jumps out at me. In a region full of people flinging Molotov cocktails, why do you pick on America as the arsonist in the region? <laughs> Well, I'm talking in particular about what's going on right now uh, between Israel and Hamas in, in, uh, in Gaza, Hamas firing rockets. <clears throat> I said that it's the U.S. that uh, really set this one, this particular, um, I mean, look, this conflict between uh, Israelis or rather Jews and Arabs in this particular part of the Middle East has been going on for quite a long time. Um, however, this particular round was initiated, uh, or rather, touched off by the administration's meddling in the peace process, which began, as I, <clears throat> as I explained in the article, which began uh, nearly a year ago now, at the end of July, to, uh, July 29, 2013, when John Kerry wanted to sit both sides down, the uh, government of Israel and the Palestinian Authority, and gave them a nine-month deadline to reach a framework agreement. Um, what that did was that, that not only started the clock, it put both parties under a spotlight. Uh, when they one of the one of the big arguments that I make is that one of the things that made this particular round of peacemaking very difficult was that both sides, both the Israelis and the Palestinians, looked at uh, American regional policy, or rather, the White House's, the Obama White House's regional policy, and they surmised that the United States was leaving the region, so the United States was not going to provide them cover with whatever sorts of hard decisions they made. I'm not going to, what, I, what I'm not doing is I'm not blaming the lack of, uh, of comprehensive peace on the Obama administration. I mean, that's, that's a function of regional dynamics. And as we'll ever see peace between the Israelis and Palestinians. We may, we certainly may not. So that I'm not, uh, I'm not blaming the administration for that. What I am blaming them for is starting off a peace process that they should have recognized at the very beginning they were incapable of managing. And they were incapable of managing it because they were not able to uh, provide enough support to either Israel or the Palestinians. Because, again, both recognized that the United States was drawing down its regional position in Iraq, in Afghanistan. The administration stayed out of the Syrian conflict now for three and a half years with Obama calling it someone else's civil war. Um, <clears throat> so that's, that's the main issue. You have this, uh, you have the, the, the final breakdown of the peace talks at the end of April um, with, uh, you know, within a few weeks, Mahmoud Abbas and the Palestinian Authority start a unity or Fatah start a unity government with Hamas and it was by bringing Hamas into this unity government and it was by emboldening Hamas in the West Bank that you wind up with the kidnapping and murder of the three Israeli teens. And then the vicious and evil retaliatory so-called price tag attack, where these you know, Israeli soccer thugs burned a you know burned a 16-year-old Arab Israeli kid to death. So yeah, I'm sorry to say that it's the White House that touched off this particular round of Now, violence. see, Lee, I don't know how to trust you because I was assured by the White House or the State Department, I should say, that Hamas is playing no role whatsoever in the current Palestinian government. Didn't you see that? Yeah, that was there. I mean, that was that was really it was not just disingenuous. It was somewhat sinister, because as we know, the administration was also 
counseling the PAA how to get around this so that they wouldn't have to cut off funding. So they were both encouraging or letting Abbas do this with more hand uh, and helping him do it. And then, you you know, now this is where we are now by bringing Hamas into this government. And we don't know what the actual mechanism with, with, was with these kidnappings. I mean, it might have come from an order from Hamas leadership outside of Gaza, or outside of, you know, outside of the Holy Land. It might have come from this uh, Hamas official living in Turkey. Yeah, so what does he have to lose? Yeah. No one's going to go after him if he's living in Turkey. Well, well let me so ask you about it's, the, it's the Hamas. Yeah. Let, let me ask you the Hamas aspect, because sure. the argument I've heard uh-huh. is... Um, the, pa- the Palestinian Authority, Fatah, whatever, is who the West wishes governed the Palestinian areas. And Hamas is who truly governs. That is, Hamas is going to be the player regardless. So you can't move forward with any kind of deal if you're not going to sit across the table from the only people who can make a deal, which is Hamas. Is that a legitimate argument on, on either point? I, I think that's a... I mean, first of all, officially, Hamas calls the shots in Gaza. Uh, unofficially, it's the Israel Defense Forces who call the shots in the West Bank. Without the Israel, you know, without the IDF in the West Bank, most people uh, surmise that it's going to be a matter of weeks or months before Hamas knocked off that and got them out of there. So, yeah, Hamas is certainly a powerful, powerful enough organization. And look, I, I happen to agree with that. I happen to agree with that argument. And this is one of the reasons why I think the peace process, why I think that we should just leave it alone, because that makes total sense. If you're if you're part of the uh, American foreign policy making establishment, uh, that part of it for whom the peace process is a central plank of your foreign policy, and it's really really important. Yeah, you have to bring in Hamas because you're right. These are the guys that can you know these are the guys that can kill the deal with a single you know with a single bomb with a single bullet. Again, this is one of the reasons why I think we should be wary, very wary of the peace process, if not avoid it altogether. You're right. Hamas is going to have a say. You know, and it's interesting when you say, you know, just drop the peace process and essentially let the, legal, the local groups come together. Um, if you look at what was happening in Northern Ireland before uh, the U.S. got involved, there was already kind of this you know, grudging admission that, you know, there was going to be a separate entity in the North, a grudging admission that, uh, you know, the, um, the, uh, the desires of the Irish government were going to have to be taken into consideration. And you had a catalyst who was able to go to local people who had kind of gotten close to a deal mm-hmm. and say, okay, 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 I'm going to help knock down the barriers to make the deal. I think this is the photo negative of that no one's has let no one's left the parties alone to kind of reach their kind of natural ground of okay this is where we can really live this is a line well, we can really I, live with do you agree with that i i i, I mean I, no actually i i think that you know and this is one of the complaints that i make in my article i said that you had you had a status quo people keep saying the status quo is unsustainable but that's not true the status quo is always sustainable. That's what status quo means. So the idea, you know, the idea that somehow the status quo is not sustainable is ridiculous. And things were going well. Remember what John Kerry said, and I make this, uh, make this note in my piece, or I note this in my piece, in May, John Kerry said, you know, Israelis are waking up every morning and they're not really thinking about peace because they're prosperous and they're happy. I'm like, you mean they're enjoying the fruits of peacetime, right? That's what they're enjoying. 
because there's not a just comprehensive and lasting peace uh, seen through the framework of, you know, of, of Washington policymakers. You know, that's the problem. No, in terms of the Middle East, what the Israelis and what the Palestinians had before was okay. It was okay. It's perfectly livable. For the Israelis, it was better than okay. They were enjoying the fruits of peace. So when Kerry says something like the status quo is not sustainable, like, yeah, yeah, it is. Leave the status quo alone. But that's what the peace process did. It put pressure on everyone. It highlighted a lot of weaknesses. It highlighted a lot of problems, especially with the Palestinians. What it did was that what we're seeing now is we're seeing the Palestinians in some way, different Palestinian factions, having to come, uh, having to all unify over what's happening. If the Israelis are, have an operation in Gaza, of course all Palestinian factions have to take the same side. One of the things that we saw going on beforehand, though, with the status quo, we saw a relatively, especially with Morsi getting knocked out of Egypt. We even saw quiet Hamas. Hamas was in a lot of trouble. But the administration pushed us and underlined a whole, or underlined a whole bunch of divisions in the, in the Palestinians, not just with Hamas, but also with Fatah, made everyone very uncomfortable. They weren't able to deliver peace. They weren't able to deliver anything. So, oh, I, I think that uh, there has been, there have been moments of quiet, but, the, but for whatever reason, the White House will not allow people to enjoy the status quo. So now, based on where we are, based on the the you know the this kind of fight that we've we helped launch what do you see in the short term and the long term are we going to see significant israeli military action to do something about the rockets that are pouring in or are we going to see a fall back to status quo um i i mean i i, I think it's very hard to guess i think if we just go on past experience if we look at um if we look at november december 2012 operation pillar of defense and the Prime Minister, you know, uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, he's, he's, a, he's a cautious leader. Um, I don't think he wants to get bogged down in a long, in a long uh, operation. And I don't think, I really don't think the Palestinians necessarily want to fight. They're not even Hamas. I mean, Hamas has got to keep firing missiles and rockets because that's what Hamas does. They're at war with, you know, they're at war with the Zionists. But I do not believe that they want this conflict. So I think, I hope there's going to be... Uh, I hope it will be soon resolved, and I hope the truce will be soon, soon decided upon in one way or another. So, but again, it's hard to tell. All sorts of things are capable of spinning out of control in a whole bunch of different ways. Um, but I certainly hope not. Lee Smith, thanks so much for your time here on the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.